0: Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Today we are talking to Katie Serbinski, who is the official registered dietitian at Produce for Kids. Each and every recipe you find on ProduceForKids.com has been carefully examined by Katie to ensure it meets USDA dietary guidelines. Katie is the founder of MomToMomNutrition.com, and is the mom of three kiddos under five, and she has one on the way. So she's truly a real-life superwoman in my eyes. You'll find her popping onto our Instagram story from time to time to share tips and ideas and a behind-the-scenes look into her world. We talked to Katie in our intro episode and are super excited to dive deeper into one of the hot topics that is on all of our produce for kids social media sites regularly and that is first foods finger foods foods for baby that whole world of you know where where to go when this when it all starts so um you know getting started on the right foot the healthy foot is surely something all of us parents grandparents caregivers want to make sure happens but navigating this space can be kind of scary at times so let's get this chat started and see if Katie can help us get rid of some of that stress and help us ease on into this world. Hi, Katie. Welcome back to the Healthy Family Project.
1: Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me and um, for our part two together on the Healthy Family Project podcast. I'm excited to talk about one of my favorite topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've just been living in this world of first foods, with babies and toddlers for the past five years, so um, I'm just excited I'm sure. to share what I know with others.
0: I think you are the expert at this point with with three little ones under five, right? Yep, and one <laughs> and one on the way. So yes, yeah. So this one's no longer a test dummy. This come <laughs> one coming up, he'll be making his own food. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so <laughs> that's the goal, right? So, before we dive in on this hot topic of baby foods, toddler foods, um, uh, and in case anyone missed our intro episode that we did, I guess now a couple months ago, can you tell us what inspired you to start your blog, Mom to Mom Nutrition?
1: Sure. So, um, you know, I think becoming a mom, there was so many different resources out there for baby sleep, baby feeding, you know, everything from pre-pregnancy to post-pregnancy. And I really found that, um, you know, there, on the internet, there's just so many, you know, things aren't black and white. And, um, my way of feeding my kids and raising a healthy family seemed to resonate well with others within my mom groups, my mom friends, um, and dad friends, you know, or grandparents, you know, not trying to exclude anyone here. Um, and being a registered dietitian with a background in nutrition communications, um, I knew that, you know, blogging and obviously social media is a really impactful way to reach others and so I just decided um, after the birth of my first son Joey that um, mom-to-mom nutrition would be my outlet not only for creativity but um, a bit my business as well so I kind of I stopped my full-time office job um, and started mom-to-mom nutrition full-time. Wonderful.
0: Well, so let's start at the beginning here. So let's jump right in. So we've reached that point where first foods are imminent. And as a parent, you don't know what to expect. So of course, we're all feverishly Googling anything and everything, you know, what to do next, what, you know, and and then of course, we're we're all afraid of everything. So um, we want to raise healthy eaters. We want to not be super stressed in this, this zone of first foods. So is there a timeline that worked for you in introducing new foods to your little ones? Yes. So
1: one thing that my pediatrician told me that really resonated – not my – well, our pediatrician, the kids right. – um, that resonated well with me is that if you look at any topic on children or, or babies and you know whether that be cognitive development – um, physical growth or baby sleep. That one was a big one. You know, everyone's like, how do I get my baby to sleep? Right? Yes. Um, look at how many resources there are and then think to yourself, okay, there's so many resources and different ways of doing things. Not one size fits all. So, you know, after today, you know, listeners might think, "Oh, well, I should try this at four months or eight months. Um, I would recommend, first and foremost, talking to your pediatrician first before starting solids with your baby. Um, And then just really kind of look at your own baby, their own little personal personality, individuality. Um, So, you know, is he or she sitting upright? Are they able to use, um, I think it's called like the pincher grasper? you know, with your finger, your thumb and your Mm -hmm. finger, are they able to pinch certain pieces of food or bring food to their mouths? Um, those are great physical signs that your baby might be ready for solid foods. And that typically starts to show around six months of age. Um, but some babies might start showing that around four months of age. So again, um, that's why, you know, you, you might often see the recommendation between four to six months of age, you can start solids with your baby. But actually, the um, American Academy of Pediatrics is now recommending waiting until six months of age and that breast milk or formula be baby's like solid sole nutrition source for those first six months. Um, but again, that doesn't mean that your pediatrician might not give the go-ahead at four or five months to start.
0: Okay. That's good. That's good information there. So... I like the not one size fits all. There's a lot of information out there. And so definitely a good idea to check in with your pediatrician and really look for those cues um, because we're all different and babies are all different. So wonderful. So I know you have several blog posts relating to baby foods and first foods. So we'll link up. We're going to talk a lot today, but we'll link up to those in our show notes for everyone. Um, I did have a great question from Trish, who's... uh, on our produce for kids team so she has dealt with food allergies her entire life so whenever she had her boys she told me this week that she was just so stressed with every new bite that her babies took that she was just waiting you know waiting for that reaction um so when i told her i was talking to you today she said please please talk about this i was so stressed during the whole process um and i think even you know trish has dealt with food allergies herself her whole life. But I think just someone even who doesn't have a food allergy, um, might also be feeling the same way, you know, like when I introduce these things, like what should I be prepared to do? Like, what am I look reaction am I looking for? Um, so what are your recommendations on that with first foods and allergies?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously a very, a hot topic and for good reason. Um, so, I know Trisha's kids are a little bit older. I mean, not teenagers by any means, but...
0: Not yet. So, (laughs) Not there yet. Okay.
1: Um, So when she was introducing the highly allergenic foods to her kids, the recommendation was to wait until after two years of age. Well, like a lot of nutrition and health recommendations, um, that has changed. So the recent recommendation of when to introduce... um, Seven of the eight highly allergenic foods: so peanuts, tree nuts, eggs, um, soy, fish, and shellfish, um, Mm -hmm. dairy, or milk. Being after a year of age, still um, is yeah. So it's um, the recommendation now is to introduce these allergenic foods at six months of age, or when you begin introducing solid foods. So no longer waiting to that two-year mark, Um, mainly because researchers have found that the longer we wait to introduce these allergenic foods, the greater the likelihood of a child developing an allergy towards them, So, um, which is nerve-wracking because, you know, imagine a six-month-old and you're trying to give them a little bit of nut butter and you're just, again, sitting there waiting like, oh, my poor baby something. Right, right. No, but... But that's what the research shows and says, and um, again, the American Academy of Pediatrics is definitely on board with that. Um, so, but to Trisha's point, if food allergies do run in your family, uh, specifically mom or dad having them, um, I always recommend talk to your pediatrician first before introducing the allergenic food, because you know they may want you to be, you know, close to the phone or, um, you know, only introducing that food specifically for a few days or maybe even a week. Um, The the time to um, continuously introduce it might be longer than for someone who doesn't have food and allergies in their family.
0: Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. My girls, um, Mia especially, my daughter Mia is 12 and I know for sure it was two years whenever she is yeah. a baby. Yeah. You know, it was like 2 years, there's no questions about it. These are these things they cannot have under that age. And so I have been seeing some things come out about introducing it, these these um these foods sooner, which I thought that k- kind of makes a little bit more sense. I mean, For um sure. to do it sooner and and kind of introduce them to those things and get their it into their bodies instead of instead of waiting.
1: Yes. So, I mean, again, it's, it's kind of, you're kind of on edge when you do it, but then you, you know, obviously hope for the best that, um, you know, there's no issue.
0: Right. Okay. Well, great tips there. I'm sure Trish will be, will be, um, really happy that we're able to share some information out there with the families who are going through some of those things that, that she went through. So, um, Mm. all right. So let's talk finger foods. I, I remember, feel so old now um when mia was a baby i remember ripping out a page of parenting magazine parents magazine and it was just kind of it was like a two-page spread of all of these finger foods that you didn't know were finger foods like the typical finger foods and so you know that was before pinterest or you know it's before a lot of things but um So I just plastered that up in my kitchen and it was just so visual for me and it helped so much. And I I think I actually still have it like in her baby book because it was such a part of my life um, at that point. But so this stage usually happens around six to eight months, if I think correctly here. So depending on your baby, of course, and then... um, like I said, I think there are finger foods that are the typical finger foods parents think of. Um, maybe just like the Cheerios or something easy for them to pick up and grab. Um, but I know there are a lot of healthy ones. So can you touch on some of those options? And then also while we're on this subject, I know that the baby LED weaning is a is a hot button out there. So maybe if you can if you have some insight on that, I think that would be wonderful to share with our listeners. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a
1: lot. Sorry. <laughs> no, I know. I'm like, well, hope they don't mind me talking for a while. But this is good. Yeah, no, this, the finger food stage is kind of like that uh, moment where you're again still a little worried. Oh, are they going to choke on that? Yes. Or can they really chew this? You know, babies they don't have all their teeth yet. You know, but um, it's also that moment when you're kind of like, all right, everybody can sort of eat the same thing. You know, you're not necessarily. Um, making something special for baby. That's kind of the end goal with um, introducing finger foods. So um, I think what I'm going to do here is start with the baby lead weaning, the baby LED weaning, okay. lead weaning.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then we'll go into more about the finger foods if that works.
0: That's perfect.
1: Okay, great. So yeah, so baby lead weaning, well, okay, there's two schools of thought right now. On how to introduce solids to your baby so the one the traditional route with starting with purees so that might be you know pureed, pureed fruits vegetables meats um different cereals um, and then the baby-led weaning side now the baby-led weaning is you know essentially you are skipping that pureed stage and going straight to finger foods Um, and most parents who follow baby led weaning are not introducing solids to their babies until six to eight months of age because they're waiting for baby to be able to grab the foods, play around with foods on the tray by themselves. So, you know, you're not lifting the spoon to baby's mouth or the little spork or fork to baby's mouth. You're letting baby control, um, what and how much they're eating. You are just providing the food source. So I can tell you that I, with my three right now, um, with my first, I followed what the recommendation was then. You know, go ahead, do purees. We started at four or five months, and, um, you know, he he is what he is with the eater he is now. Um, he's four years old, and I like to think that he just, you know, food is one of the only things he can control. So some days he's eating a lot of fruits and vegetables. Other days he's not, you know, but... Right um with my youngest lily um we did we started with baby led weaning uh, mainly because i didn't want to sit there and feed her purees and we were running around trying to feed everybody else i can imagine <laughs> and, yeah, so i mean she knock on wood has been open to many different foods so far and she'll be 2 this month um but that's not to say that baby led weaning is going to be the end all be all when it comes to picky eating in kids. Um, again, I think it's just picky eating comes with, um, you know, again, something that the kids can control in their lives. You know, we tell them when to get up, when to go to school, this and that. So, um, but you know, a lot of people swear that by doing baby led weaning, you are setting your children up for, um, a more diverse palate. So, so, you know, um t- again talk to your pediatrician if that's something that you think you'd like to do. Um and, you know, like like I said, uh the American Academy of Pediatrics um does not have a like firm stance on baby-led weaning. Um so, you know, again it's just something important to talk about with your pediatrician.
0: Well, that's interesting. I uh, we talked a little bit about this earlier, you and I the this whole concept and I think, I think for me it probably would have been something I would have gone for with my girls. I think that moving, um, you know, staying with the formula and the breast milk for those first six months and then moving straight on in would have been a good route route for us but like you said always check with your pediatrician but I do like that this is a conversation that's happening and it's you know something that's being looked at as an option um, so that's always good to get that conversation started because you know it's and the convenience factor as well I know you with the two other little ones it's like okay how do I sit here and make sure the others are safe and sound and while I'm you know taking the time to to feed over here
1: right right and you know whether you do baby led weaning or not when you get to that finger food stage i mean there's just there's so many options and things that you know you might not consider a finger food because again baby might not have a lot of teeth and you're wondering well how can my baby gum a cucumber but really if you cut things in strips and sticks and um Squares, small squares, baby can pretty much, you know, take to most foods. Um, so we laugh because oh, my parents laugh. My daughter, Lily, her, one of her first foods was like a strip of avocado. And they're like, what? I don't even think they're like, we don't even think we ate avocado until we were like 35 or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's obviously more popular right now than it was 30 plus years ago in Michigan where I live um but uh it's just funny to see you know the options and um the foods that we're giving our kids now versus what they did so definitely
0: um,
1: yeah, and with that, you know, another thing about the finger foods, when you look at foods like a cucumber or pepper or something like that, you might think, well, the skin, again, how can they chew or gum it? If you're worried about that or like the skin on an apple, by all means, go ahead and peel it off before you cut it in strips or sticks. Um, but, you know, just keep an eye on baby and, and trust them, give them a smaller piece. And, um, you know, I I personally believe that they'll be able to handle it.
0: Great. Well, okay. So, not to put you on the spot, but if you had your top five healthy finger foods that people might not recognize as finger foods for a baby, what would those be? What are your faves or your kids' faves? <laughs>
1: okay. uh, number one, avocado. N- not by. I'm not ranking by most important. Right. Least, or favorite. But so I would do avocado for the healthy fats. And the texture is great for them. Um, let's see what else. Sweet potatoes a great one. Oh, sweet potato. One that a lot of parents, I think, wait on is any kind of meat. I specifically liked giving like little strips of steak or lean cuts of meat, but um, obviously tender and um, cut in little strips. Mm-hmm. Because beef is a great source of iron. And, um, I know that, you know, a lot of parents are worried about, you know, their child's iron intake and if they're getting enough iron and protein. So, um, that's a really good one. And the kids can actually get, babies can get that nutrition just from even sucking the juices out of the beef, um, the iron specifically. So that's another good one. Um, oh jeez, I'm like, why am I blanking on what foods are? Because I put you, <laughs> I put you on the spot. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of a fruit here. Ah, uh, bananas. Bananas are a great one. And then um, I would say. You know, sometimes even just like a piece of whole wheat bread or a strip of whole wheat bread with a thin layer of nut butter on it. Obviously, if your child does not have a reaction to nut butter, um, that's another that's another good one. It's messy, but it's good.
0: <laughs> no, that's good. And I like your, um, you know, incorporating those textures. I have my... Um, almost eight-year-old, she has a texture thing with foods. So mm-hmm. she likes very plain foods. And so I think that the sooner you can introduce those different textures to your babies, the better they will be as they get older and, and you know, encountered those different textures with, um, you know, the more advanced, I guess, with the bigger dinner yeah. options and, and things like that.
1: Yes. Yeah definitely. Yeah. It's again, kind of expanding their, their palate and their, um, just experiences with different foods.
0: Yes. All right. Well, so, um, yes, the, the lead weaning, I, like I said, I feel like that would have been right up my alley. Um, but all right. So let's get to our last question for today. Um, I something that's on the mind of many parents, uh, and it, and for me with my girls. I was on this mission from the very beginning, and one ended up being a picky eater, and one ended up not being a picky eater, so um, (laughs) I'm not a good um, (laughs) example, maybe, for what what to do. Um, I did exactly the same thing. I feel like my girls are just, you know, they are who they are, but I know this is on the minds of many parents just starting off with feeding their babies, so can picky eating or raising a picky eater be prevented somehow? (laughs) I I wish there was really a magic answer (laughs) for that or like a magic juice or something, you know, here, drink
1: this and you won't have, you won't be a picky eater, you know? Um, Gosh. I mean, again, that's, if you go to picky, go to Amazon, type in picky eater book or something, um, you'll see a ton of different resources. And I think, you know, personally, there's a lot of, validity in the claims of the more you introduce early on, the different textures, the different flavors, spices, um, the greater the likelihood that you may or may not, your child may or may not become a picky eater. Mm -hmm. Um, But going back to something I said earlier on when we were talking, um, I think just sometimes it's really inevitable um i found that between 2 and 4 with um my older two has been a really trying time not just with food but with all things that you know are just activities of daily living you know brushing mm-hmm. your teeth getting yourself yes. <laughs> you know food like that mm-hmm. is just such a struggle and i i just believe that this is when they're learning that, okay, I can control this, this upsets mom and dad or grandma, you know, or the babysitter. Um, and so they, they, they're learning what they have control over again, food being one of the biggest things. So I kind of go into mealtime. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Ellen, excuse me, Ellen Satter, Um, she's a child feeding expert guru Mm. among the nutrition community. Um, and she has something called her method is the division of responsibility. So mom, dad, caregivers provide, um, what the child is eating. So, you know, we are preparing the meals and giving them their plate or asking them to plate themselves, um, where and when the eating is happening. So, you know, dinner table, park, you know, restaurant wherever, and then the child's responsibility is to decide what they're eating on their plate and how much of it. So everyone has little responsibility here during mealtime, okay. and really, it goes far back to when you're bottle feeding or breastfeeding. You know, your baby's going to stop eating when they're full, right? Right. So um, you know, taking it a little bit older though. You know, some meals my kids eat everything, and then some meals I go into it knowing, well, they might not like this spicy rice I made, or you know, I I kind of know that, hey, this this recipe or food item is a little dicey. I'm not sure they're going to eat it, but I'm still serving it. I'm still giving them the option, Um, and if they decide not to eat it, that's their choice. So it. it, sometimes it, for me, I've had to be careful with food waste. So I might not plate as much myself knowing that I'll eat what they don't eat. Um,
0: right. Yes. I know that that uh, very well. <laughs>
1: yes. Right. You're like, I'm the leftover person mm-hmm. here. Um, but, and, and then it also is like, okay, well, you're sending your child to bed hungry. So with this division of responsibility, I always ensure that they have Some people call it a safe food, you know, something on their plate that I know that they'll eat. Um, And then I also have an option for them, one option um, that's offered, sometimes I do every night depending on what the meal is, or or I try to do it once or twice a week. Um, Now, for my kids, that is a bowl of cottage cheese, which is very healthy and nutritious and, um, you know, a lot of protein, but if they're saying they're hungry and they're starving and you know, gosh, mom, I didn't like this dinner or whatever they come up with, you know, I'll say, all right, well, if you're still hungry, you can have a bowl of cottage cheese, but then kitchen is closed. Um, that's my way of doing things. But I mean, when the babysitter's here, or my husband's home, I, and I'm not, I try to just, you know, I don't ask what did everybody have for dinner. I just, you know, they know when mom's around, this is, these are kind of our food rules, you know?
0: I like that. I like the idea of a safe food. We do that A lot with um, my younger daughter I I have found that if she has something that is you know that is safe for her in her mind then she's more likely to eat some of those other things around it Um, so I do that's that's definitely a good route to take it's worked for us Um, so and then again back to like you said about the you know the the kids being different and how and I said you know both of mine, I I tried to do the same thing with foods and they both ended up one picky, one not. But I do know my younger daughter, there's other things outside of eating that I see her also, you know, the socks, the way her socks feel and the way, you know, certain these things that she wants things a certain way. So I just feel like, you know what, this is who she is. And I get to work with her, not against her.
1: Exactly. I love that. I love that working with them, not against them. That's Mm -hmm. perfect. And you know,
0: the other thing is, I don't like every food
1: that's out there. You know, I mean, I can't if I'm not giving myself the same expectation, like, why should I expect that of them? You know, right? Exactly. So, but Chances are I wouldn't be
0: serving it anyways, but,
1: you know, right. <laughs> just in case they're at somebody else's house too, so.
0: Exactly. Well, I can't thank you enough for being part of the Healthy Family Project for coming back on today and, of course, for serving as our official registered dietitian at Produce for Kids. We, we lean on you so much and are so grateful to have you as part of our team. Um, so th- we wanted to add a little bit of fun and extra element to this podcast, so next week, Tune in to our Instagram story. Katie will be on the story giving you a real look inside the, everything, you know, that we kind of talked about today and um, into her world. So that's always fun. So we can't wait for that. So tune in next week. Um, and then, Katie, besides finding you on the Produce for Kids blog, can you tell listeners where else they can find you?
1: Of course, yeah. You can find me online. Um, my blog, my website is momtomomnutrition.com. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at Mom2MomNutrition. Everything's Mom Nutrition here. Um, and uh, same with Pinterest and Twitter and Instagram. So Instagram, I will say, is just momnutrition. Nutrition. Um, and lately, we've been kind of lacking in some of the Instagram posts just because, getting ready for a move and <laughs> oh, I won't tell you what we've been eating but uh
0: I was gonna say wait let- a second you're busy you're moving you have three kids under five and expecting another and you're not keeping up with Instagram <laughs> but
1: I know right there's only so much time in the day right I do I read everybody else's stories though so it's just priorities right <laughs> yes
0: well thank you so much Katie and we- I'm sure we'll be talking to you again soon on an upcoming episode Great. Thank you, Amanda. Have a good day. Thanks for listening in today. I'll be including relevant links in our show notes, including information on the baby lead weaning and relevant content from produceforkids.com. Check out Katie's site, Mom to Mom Nutrition, for new content on all things baby and toddler eating. And then, like I mentioned, Katie will be on our Instagram story next week, giving a behind the scenes look at what real life toddler eating looks like. Uh, so that should be really fun. But if you do miss it on the story, we'll add it to our IGTV, which is on Instagram. And then we can also pop it up on our Produce for Kids Facebook page. Visit our website, ProduceForKids.com, for more than 400 registered dietitian, family-approved recipes, tips, and more. And then, as you know, you can check out regular content on our social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, as well as YouTube. And questions and comments and episode ideas can be posted on HealthyFamilyProjectPodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.